Let's rock and roll then, baby. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. This is, I don't know, I just, I see so much, so much of myself right now. Anyway, hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. My name is John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have, is it illusory? Is that how I say it? Illusory? Illusory. Illusory. Yeah, says the static. <laughs> okay, I have to think about that, because I would say illusory, but that's, <laughs> that's my, my, my thick Canadian accent. Actually, it's not that thick. It could be worse. I wish it no, were. No, it's not. I wish it were worse. I, I didn't know you were a Canadian. You're American, and you sound American. But uh, most of my Canadian friends sound American, so I don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. I know. Do they get offended as well when you say that they sound American? Oh, they're, they're cool people. Canadian are the most cool people in the world, and the country is great. I've been there once in Vancouver in 2004. It's wonderful. I loved it. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, I would call that our least Canadian city that we have. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you know why? Yeah. It doesn't snow. No. It's, it's cold, though, but it doesn't snow. Yeah, I know. For a Canadian guy, it's not so cold. No, because just over the mountains where I am, it's it'll be minus 40 with like three meters of snow. And I talked to a friend of mine in Vancouver, and he's like, yeah, I just went out for a jog and played some tennis. You know, it's just... What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... I don't regret it, though. I like the snow. I like the cold. But it's just kind of weird when, like, 90-somewhat... Like, 99% of your country deals with cold and snow, and then there's this, like, little area that doesn't at all. You know, it's kind of... Yeah, I know what you... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have something very similar in Greece, or maybe you don't. No, no, we are, we are, we have sun, we have warmth, but we have certain cities in Greece, northern to be exact, where they have uh, minus 17 in the winter, and we go like, what? Seriously? Mm. Yeah. Does it snow? Yeah. But in, in where I live, it's snowing now every two years or every three years. Wow. Did not know that. Northern Greece. Well, it looks really pretty. There's a Wikipedia page from Northern Greece here. Okay, you try to locate uh, Nevrokopi, which sounds very difficult to pronounce, but it's yeah. always like minus 17 in the winter. Wow. Okay. Let's see. What do we got here? Geographic division for Northern Greece. Macedonia, which is famous for a, a particular someone. Uh, oh, yeah. Alexander and Iron Maiden. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Thrace, Epirus, Thessaly, and North Asian. Asian. Am I in the right area? Yeah, you pronounce most of them right, so yes, you are. Cool. That's Northern Greece. Northern right. Greece, Yahoo! Okay, so... Illusory has a new album called Crimson Wreath, which was released on February 12th, and via Rockshots Records. And right now I'm being joined by... It will be be released in May. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I've offended you, Kostas. All right, that's right. Where did I get that information from? Maybe it was a single that I was writing it down. When when is the uh, album... Yes. Okay. Yes, that was Besetting Scenes. Okay. Wow. It's a good thing we have like a five minute intro here. Um, we'll just we'll just leave it in. I think I think it'll work. Um, sweet. So you mentioned besetting sins. Let's start there. Besetting sins. Talk to me about this track. 
first single gets the lyric video. Why is this track so important? And with a name like Besetting Sins, it makes me wonder. Is it like an integral part to the album? Is there something going on with this album? No, if you're talking uh, about a concept album, it's not. Uh, we made our debut album, The Ivory Tower, a concept album. It's a story about Stephen Towers, a uh, fictional person. And we kept uh, the character of Stephen uh, to our second album, in our second album as well, Polysyllabic. We kept the story. We have the one song about Stephen. And it's the, the band's policy. Let's call it that. That in every album, we're going to have a song about Stephen. Uh, a part of that, uh, Crimson Wreath, it's not a concept album. It's uh, there's various stories in there, and besetting scenes is about the seven deadly scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wrote the lyrics, and then we um, thought about you know um, incorporating all this um, thing about um, seven deadly sins in uh, the song, and um, it was one of the first we wrote. It features a drum intro, and uh, to tell you the truth, I didn't want it to have a drum intro because I think it's boring, but. Uh, the other guys in the band said no it will be fun uh, so we, we tried it it, looks, it sounded great and we kept it and uh, it's one of the songs that are really you know into it very powerful, very um, galloping very um, aggressive and uh, we think it's a good starter for, for this album mm-hmm. Now, you are the drummer Yes sir I find that interesting that you had like a time to shine and you're like man this is boring You know what? I just was talking to my sing- with my singer uh, this afternoon and said, to me, the drum solo is the most boring thing in the world. He said, seriously? Really? I said, yeah. Because I do believe a drum solo is really boring. But in this case, we uh, just kept it under four seconds, and it sounded so great. And we said, okay, let's put it in the song. Let's do that as a drum intro. Sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Like from a technical perspective, for all the drum nerds out there, uh, or people who uh, are interested, I don't. Would you call it musically, rhythmically? What are you? What are you doing? What is, what is it called? In that four seconds. Well, it's an intro, and it's um, a small drum part, and you, you could um, you could uh, just uh, leave it that way, like a small drum intro or drum part. It sounds um, the same, and everybody will understand what I mean. Okay, I heard it. Not exactly quads. <laughs> Not exactly quads. Okay, it works. I can see why some people find that exciting, but as a drummer, you're just like, whatever, I learned that 10 years ago, and uh, we're, <laughs> we're good. Um, my son Gabriel, who's going to be turning seven this year, uh, has been taking drum lessons for a couple that's of years, and that's that's the kind of stuff you know a five-year-old does. But I can see now why, because you're like, I'm not five guys um but <laughs> when it comes to drums i'm always five that's right gotta bang it uh seven deadly sins that has actually come up a few times now um do you think that 2020 has embellished emboldened people to explore the seven deadly sins more so than before in history um to tell you the truth, uh, there's one thing about people. Most of them are uneducated, unfortunately. And those who are educated, they seem to be uneducated when it comes to such matters because they are stick to um, 
faith too much and they uh, just uh, don't see the um, the small letters, the fine printing out of that. I think it's a good story. I think that uh, 2020 has been very, you know, uh, disastrous to everything, mostly culture, because shut down every cultural activity, theaters, concerts, the works, unfortunately. And, um, you know, people have a, tendency, have a tendency to go to faith when it comes to that because they need to hook up something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not bad. It's a good thing. But you have to, you know, to um, keep your distance and you have to take measures about that. You have to not be fanatic about anything because fanda- to be fundamental about that, it's kind of weird and uh, shows that you don't have respect for your fellow human. Anyway, I'm just, you know, spitballing here. Um, I think <laughs> How do you really feel, Ghostus? Jeez Louise. <laughs> I think it was a, uh, a year that you, you know, uh, get you to think a little bit and see outside the, um, think outside the box for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the seven deadly sins right now because I'll be honest, I didn't remember what they were. Uh... <laughs> Gluttony and... Uh... Jealousy and something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So we've got gluttony. Uh, it says prostitution, lust, or fornication. So I guess, I don't know. Lust, yeah. 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 I mean, let's let's be honest here. You know when, like, you know when the first race ever happened? When car number two was invented. Or, like, when somebody acquired horse number two. Like, there's just certain things that are just going to happen when other things come into play. Um and uh, actually, I read a very interesting expose recently about how prostitution is a direct result of religion and politics being in cahoots with each other. And that as long as you have religion and politics in cahoots with each other to attempt to control the masses as a byproduct, you will always have prostitution. It's funny because you know what they say about prostitution? That it's the most ancient you know, profession in the world. Yeah, and uh, the second, yeah. the second one is um, to be a lawyer, solicitor. Mm-hmm. So should we call that solicitation? It's very similar to prostitution. And you know what? The third most ancient is to be a politician. So I think that it kind of kind of um, adds to that what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We have avarice, which is a beautiful word which is greed, uh, sadness, sadness, sorrow, despair, despondency. That's interesting that that would be. Anyway, wrath, I guess that would be anger. Uh, Yes. Acadia, Acadia, which is is sloth, is I guess that laziness. Sloth. Okay. That's a Greek word, of of course. Yeah. Uh, Boasting, or I guess bragging. Uh, And then... Pride or hubris, uh, I guess if you take that into there's just positive pride, you know, it's important to have pride in your work, uh, you know, but I guess if you take it too far or if you don't, yeah. I don't know, interesting, like the element of yeah. yeah, what was it about, I guess, these or did, did you guys hear the song and you thought, man, let's write about gluttony, uh, or like, how did it work? Well, basically, um, um, 
my singer and my guitarist came to the studio and said, we have a new song, and uh, we're thinking about writing uh, about the uh, Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, we have already some libretto going on, and uh, we would like you to contribute, because they give me a lot of space when it comes to lyrics. They really do. And um, uh, we started thinking about that. We uh, wrote the whole song, and we said, this is very cool. It came out naturally. It was an, um, an idea. And uh, it just, you know, happened to uh, conclude very um, easily, just to, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, I'm actually looking at a lot of these uh, painting descriptions of such sinful life. And um, it shows one where it's, it's called excess. And it's like a glass of wine and a loaf of bread next to a piece of ham and a cigar. And I'm like, this just sounds like really nice life to me. Um, so if that's leading a sinful existence, then hell is going to be fun when I get there. Uh, sweet. Okay. Now mention it's not a concept album. So this is a pretty heavy concept besetting sins. What are some of the other concepts that we have on the record? And I guess that maybe takes us into this track, uh, Crimson Wreath because it's a self self titled track, right? Yes, yes, that's the title track. Uh, basically, uh, John, the, the album is anti-war. Uh, it's uh, it's a, ver- a big percentage of the songs are about war and uh, naturally the disaster that it's bringing to people. Um, like the song says, war can't give you life, can only take it away. So we just um, felt we were right about that. Uh, we didn't plan from the beginning, but it just came out, you know, informed very well. So many songs are about that anti-war, and there's also a big part of the song of the album that is actually about loss, human loss, because certain members of the band have suffered loss of very very beloved persons during those three, two three years, and we um, wrote songs about that and uh, the actual uh, expression of um, how a person feels when they suffer such huge loss mm-hmm. of very loved people. Was it war related or different? No, different. Okay. Different, totally different. It's about um, disease and all that. Okay. Um, coronavirus related or different? No, 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 no. It was, it was just uh, things that happen in life when you lose somebody to a disease, not mm. the virus. It, they were written before the pandemic. Okay. Uh, and something I'm noticing, an inscription on one of the buildings here in the artwork. Um, if... Anybody's able to zoom in on the artwork. You can see an inscription on the wall. Fear is not the answer. Fear is not the answer. Yeah. Take us through that. Um, Part of the lyrics of a certain song that you are about to listen to very soon. And uh, when it comes to do the, uh, when it came to do the uh, the artwork and um, we um, discussed it with um, the the artist to do that. Basically, um, the artist... Panayotis, the hammer, Spiris, is uh, one of us. He's a very good friend, and he has done all the albums we've released so far. We started to um, uh, brainstorm about the album, and you know what? Like, Power Slave is an album you just look around and you find things, and you find certain phrases, and you find certain um, motifs. And said, wow, I didn't see that before. We tried to do something like that, you know, bring little phrases and little... um, there's also a strange person looking down uh, where the boy is. And um, there's also that phrase you mentioned. It's all 
just a piece of a puzzle that uh, when you get to read the lyrics, you'll find out for yourself. Okay. Okay. Now, with regard to speaking, we mentioned 2020 before. Uh, did you guys do all the recording and writing and, and everything for this album in uh, in 2020? No, we um, we began recording the album uh, almost in 2018. And um, there were some live shows we did, concerts and all that. And uh, we thought that by the end of 2019, we'll be ready you know, to release it. Mm-hmm. But then we said, um, let's uh, take our time and do that uh, within the first uh, semester of uh, 2020. And then, bam, in March, pandemic, um, we had to do next semestering almost by internet in order to be um, precise. And then we said, since uh, 2020 is not a good year to release an album, let's wait a little bit. Um, then our uh, record label, Rock Shots, said, how about two, 2021 in May? It's a good month to do that. Yeah. So we decided to push a little bit, you know, back and release it in May. Okay. It looks like you guys did the recording at Matrix Recording Studio. Yes, sir. And I see they have a tape machine. Did you guys get to use the tape machine? You bet we did use the <laughs> tape machine. Uh <laughs> Uh, okay, so Yanis Petroyanis, John is also John. Um, no pun intended. He's uh, a very good friend of ours. He's a great producer. He's a great musician. And uh, he has this amazing SSL um, console uh, deck, which is something similar to the one I think Pink Floyd used for um, the Dark Side of the Moon. It's a huge machinery. It's an amazing system. And we record on that, and then we use the tape machine in order to make the uh, outcome sound more analog and uh, I think that by listening to the album you'll find out that it it's you know uh, the sound is modern it's recent but it does resemble at some point the uh, productions of the 80s mm-hmm. well I mean you guys I don't know if you guys did did you track the drums into like was everything into the tape or like did you track just specific things like for example drums sound amazing when you push them hard into tape we uh, uh, run our entire um, mixing through the tape machine uh, because we felt it was right to do that to sound uh, old fashioned but also modern in a sense Uh, basically what we did is that we um, rerun the whole um, arrangements through the tape machine Okay, and you were mentioning that this young man's this swashling young buck, Giannis. That actually means that's John. I did not know that. <laughs> okay, so you're Giannis as well. I I am, <clears throat> and I see also as well that it could be Giannis, and I've met people named Gianni or Gianna. So actually, it turns out that's like the Italian version of John. No, uh, Giannis comes from Giannis, which means in Hebrew, I'm moving closer to God. And then the Italians took it, of course, and make it Giannis. And, of course, Gianni, which is an Italian name. Um, and uh, to mention that, the uh, famous basketball player, Adetokounmpo, is also a Giannis. Uh-huh. 
There's a Greek restaurant. The famous Greek, Greek. There's a Greek restaurant here called Giannis. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid I don't know if it's any good or not, but um, it, try it. it at least has the look. Or at least... <laughs> you should it, try it. <laughs> I, I should try it. Um, what's your favorite Greek dish? What should I get? Okay. Um, nothing that the tourists, a tourist would choose, like uh, moussakas or something like that. You don't like moussaka? Um, what's wrong with moussaka? Of course I do. I love it, but it's like the tourist dish, you know? Okay. You don't want to order the tourist dish. I would say... Something with broccoli. Okay. Souffle with broccoli. Yeah, you could do that. A souffle with broccoli. Souffle. Yeah. Okay. I like broccoli. I'm not so hot on souffles, but I like broccoli. You'll love it. Okay. Yeah, because I went. I went to culinary school, and one of the things that we learned is like a standard thing is moussaka. We had this whole mm-hmm. thing about moussaka. Um. Okay. And then what else? What else do I know of as far as Greek food is concerned? Lamb roasts. Or is that a touristy thing? Yeah, yeah, not 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 really, uh, because it's really heavy. Uh, um, also, you could try the fish. We okay. have great recipes on that one, and you'll love it. Calamari and all that, mm-hmm. you'll love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, calamari is really really big here. White people go crazy for it. I mean, like not like you guys aren't white, but like when I think about like Western Canadian stereotypical white people, they're like, oh my god, they have calamari. Oh my god. <laughs> it comes out of the freezer you know it's awful but people are like oh my god they have calamari oh my god well in Greece it's really small so you don't have any problems like that mm-hmm. never okay so we chatted about Besetting Sins we chatted about Crimson Wreath we chatted about the album Crimson Wreath uh, we chatted about Greek food uh, we chatted about the situation in Greece we chatted about uh, how potentially good looking you are though I'm going to have to use my imagination Kostas Uh, Thank you, sir. You're quite welcome. We chatted about the studio that you guys went to where you recorded on an SSL board going into a Studer baby, which may or may not have been related to how they recorded Pink Floyd. Um, I'd have to look into that because that was at Abbey Road, wasn't it? Well, I think this particular one, yes, it was. And um, when uh, when Yanis got this amazing uh, machine, the track, the deck track, we was like, wow, how'd you do that? And how did you pay for it? And we never got any answers, so we <laughs> just left it that way. <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never get an answer because he, he actually can't sleep at night because he bought that thing. <laughs> um, every night he wakes up in a cold sweat going, oh, God, why did I do that? Because that's – I think that's the state of studios today is you don't need a mixing board, but you kind of want one, and then you finally talk yourself into buying – this thing that's going to drive your electricity bill through the roof. Um, and then, yeah, you, yeah, it's a fun. Well, st- I have seen the bill. I've seen the bill. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Exactly. We can talk about the band though. If you want to, uh, yeah, we can talk about the band, baby. Tell me about, we the, can't talk about, tell me, tell me about the band. Is there okay. anything, anything that I missed that you want to chat about? No, 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 no. You, you have everything planned, which is great. I'm thankful for that. Uh, the band started in 1992 um, under a different name. We had this name, Ivory Tower, which is really cool. But then there was another band, German, that had the same name. Then they got first, you know, to register. So we just had to uh, 
uh, get a new name. And when we got the first record deal, we said, wow, we have to change it? Really? Why is that? We just have to. So we changed it to illusory, which um, is um, uh, very close as a meaning uh, to the ivory tower. It's something utopian and something that you go to uh, when you want to avoid reality. And um, then we released our first album in 2013, The Ivory Tower. Then our second one in uh, 2016, Polysyllabic. And this one is our third one, like you said, with, uh, with uh, Rockshot Records. And by the way, I want to say something about the label. Um, they're doing great stuff about us. We're really thankful and we're grateful about what they do. They are great people and I uh, just hope we're going to go that way all the way. Mm-hmm. Roberto, hello. <laughs> yep, the right man. Is this Sir Rob? Mm-hmm. How did they get involved? Were you shopping around? Did they reach out to you? How did they? How, how did that happen? And then we got a yes, yes, that is correct. We had a record deal with another uh, label, German one, uh, Seven Hard, and uh, at some point we said, let's uh, uh, you know browse a little bit. Let's see the other windows. And, uh, hello there. How are hey. you? This is my son, Gabesy. How are you doing? Hey. hey, Gabesy, how you doing? I'm good. So you're the drum lover. He is the drum so lover. So you like the, the drum. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Great. All the best, little dude. All the best. Yeah, all the best. <laughs> I'm actually going to be editing this episode. Yeah, he's yes, gonna, sir. He's going to be editing the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my next call is calling me right now. So, um, finish up that thought really quick and then we'll... Um, I just want to say that uh, we thank you so much for your time and effort. We really thank you for the show. We just uh, f- uh, hope that people will like the album. And uh, we just hope we're going to be deli- you know, very s- free very soon so we can enjoy concerts, music, and, of course, uh, people. Beautiful. Thank you, John. You are quite welcome. Thank you again so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. All the best to you and Gabesy. All the best. <laughs> Take care. Yeah, thanks. Bye now.